Hello and welcome to the Delphian podcast. Delphian is an artist-led nomadic gallery focusing on emerging and early career artists. Each episode will feature a different art world practitioner, from artists and gallerists to collectors and curators. If you liked today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Delphian Podcast. My name is Nick J.S. Thompson and I'm joined as always by Benjamin Murphy. Hello. Our guest this week is Kristen Yelieder, who is the director and founder of Kristen Yelieder Gallery, who is dedicated to exhibiting a roster of innovative international artists, both emerging and established, with a strong theoretical and aesthetic base. That's Hello. 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 Hi, nice to be here. Thank you for coming all the way to South London in such a, on such a hot day. <laughs> Indeed, yes. <laughs> so why did you decide to start the gallery? Have you always had an interest in curation? What's your background? My background is actually literature. That's okay. what oh, I studied wow. at university. And I, um, I grew up in the countryside, so uh, there wasn't much access to art. So the escape was books, really. Yeah. Uh, contemporary art was very minimal in Norway when... Then it was Astrid Fernley had started this collection that was very interesting to see when I was like about 19. <clears throat> After that, I started looking for art everywhere um, when I traveled because I'm quite a nomad. If I didn't have a family with two children, I, I would not be yeah. sitting still for a week. Um, so I moved around in Italy, uh, Bangkok and Singapore. And then I started acting in New York and lived in L.A. So and then moved back to New York. And um, did real estate on the Upper West Side. <laughs> wow. So quite varied. Background. I've done a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's good to know how it is on the other side of things, how it is to be the one who's seeking out as well, uh, how it is to be the uh, artist in a way, you know, mm-hmm. when you're, um, it's really tough to present yourself. And that's why yeah. I also I think it's really good to have a dealer because you shouldn't have to. Uh, present you and your work um, well you guys are doing it really well but I think it can be really hard over a long time yeah uh, I love that there is artist initiatives uh, because we need it so much and I always say to younger artists as well that you know if you can find an exhibition you bring together the, your your favorite artist and show with them that you go out for and, and go out to school with and so on because it's important to exhibit all the time mm. uh well i got sidetracked but <laughs> i was worried i was going to say something wrong there <laughs> uh, so yeah so um, i um did uh, when i was in new york uh and i had my kids i did uh, art business in new york uh at new york university and i uh, was just finding out where in the field I could uh, be and where what I should work with. I was writing a blog about art because then you learn much quicker. And then, uh, <clears throat> like you guys are doing by doing this podcast, you learn so much more when you like write things down. Yeah, listen to things yeah. on. So, uh, and uh, my husband is an architect and Norman Foster wanted us to move to London. And we um, said yes to that because we kind of wanted our kids to grow up in Europe and when I arrived here I didn't know what to do and I didn't really know anyone so I did the crazy thing about opening a gallery (laughs) without knowing anybody (laughs) just totally naive and I was mostly under the table the first one half year but (laughs) when was this when did you start um in 2012 okay right so seven years ago now so how did you make the transition from or at least make the decision to go from real estate to art business 
Well, uh, since I was young and I in, in studied at the university, I didn't take up a student loan because I worked two days a week selling furniture and so on. So, And I know I'm a really good salesperson and I love selling, but I don't want to sell anything that I don't care 100% about. And I want to do something that I'm super passionate about and be there to help others and develop career and so on. So, And... Uh, I was thinking if I would start working for somebody else, I was then 39 years old. It's a bit late. I, you know, you ha- kind of have to do it on your own. And, right. Yeah. 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 So, so in terms of curation, how do you approach the curation of a show? Do you think of a theme and then find artists who fit within that theme? Or do you collect artists together who you really want to show and then try and identify some common similarities or contradictions between the artists? Yeah, it can come from different points of view. Sometimes it's just because I really want to show one artist and the artist might not have time to make a full sh- yeah. show. Or it could be because I am wanting to try out three or four artists to see how it works out. It's always good to do a group show first so you learn how they are mentally as well as yeah, yeah. their artwork and what and how committed they are to creating new work. Because, yeah. you know, easily, like suddenly they send you three pieces that they've done, shown in another exhibition, and then you know they're not committed, that you know that you're not going to be putting your love behind them for the future because you don't know if they're going to work hard enough. Mm. So you, uh, so from that, I try to put together artists that would curatorially fit together, and sometimes some magic happens, and they just know about each other's work, and they somehow met like making work that totally completely fit i think like you put things out there they're not even in touch but they know who the other artist is Mm -hmm. and some magic happens i I feel like it's very exciting um to create group shows sometimes but i think it's harder to sell because as we were talking about earlier was that um when you have a focus on one artist everyone can really take in that work well a group show becomes uh, not not you don't know who's going to get the attention really mm-hmm. so and then a lot of times when I do a group show I contact all the artists and I want them to give me ideas and give me their stories about how they work and so on and everyone is allowed to give me um, a suggestion for a title oh, and great. then I go through because uh, then every so everyone is part if no, I never met they are like kind of part of building the story together yeah. then everyone in the end you come up with something that links them and uh, with the subject and then it's easier for them to also work towards that subject I yeah. always I think I love titles so mm-hmm. um I think it can that, be a nightmare though sometimes yeah and it can be hard to come up for that but since I come from literature it's yeah. like it's so but when I, 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 most of my program is very planned a year or a year and a half, maybe two years uh, in advance. And then if the artist six months before knows the title, you know that they're going to make really good work mm-hmm. because they have, they narrowed it down and they, they are centered on the direction of the show. So how much do you think, um, how much of a curatorial signature style do you think a curator should put into in individual shows? I'm, I think I try to make it into something that I'm doing with the artist. Mm-hmm. I try not to, to enforce anything whatsoever, actually. 
like I ask, you know, is there something special you want? Is this a, a certain way you want to hang it or uh, color of the wall? Or, you know, I'm trying to be as open-minded as, as possible, even if I have my floor ruined by carpet <laughs> or whatever. I've done a lot of different things glued, so I have to <laughs> cost me a lot of money to fix after, which, uh, so I'm, I can be... Uh, maybe too flexible sometimes. <laughs> that's interesting that you bring that up though. Yeah. That's also yeah. <laughs> kind of goes along with one of the questions we've also written yeah. for this. Um, and it also is the topic of one of the um, essays in our upcoming book. Do you think more artists should take more control over how their work is seen? So not every painting will work best on a white wall under gallery mm. style lighting, for example. Do you think more artists should almost become curators of their own work. That can be very dangerous too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because a lot of times, I, I think it needs to be a dialogue, you know, an open-minded dialogue. So it's not like I need to have my work presented this and this way because I kind of know very well what the other side is going to see. Yeah. So... If they have a very specific way of wanting to, then I'm like, okay, let's discuss it and find out how you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And how you're going to be happy too. Yeah, exactly. That we both are going to be fine. But I think that the artists that are are most adamant about how they want things to be are usually the ones that are starting out. All right. (laughs) So I find sometimes the younger, more... um, Emerging has uh, often harder to work with than the established ones. Well, they don't have that experience. Exactly. Like and they don't know how it is much. to work with other galleries. Mm. And they, they, um, so I always like also think, like my artists, I always want them to work with lots of different galleries, like have had experience yeah. mm. because then they can see what kind of love we are giving and what kind of support we are giving and sort of which is kind of like uh, not like David Swerner was just saying in his podcast, um, in other words, it was about how few galleries right now is um, taking an artist and bringing them all the way. And mm. I'm planning to do that. And there's nearly no galleries who are managing to do that right now. Because they're just they poaching get, successful yeah, ones from other exactly. galleries. Right? Mm. So by being able to keep your artist, you're going to have to develop and move and grow all the time. Yeah. So how do you go about finding and selecting your artists? Do you go to graduate shows? Do you find them online? What's, what's yeah, your sources? I, I've done, I found them at graduate shows. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Lydia Blakely is the last one that I took a, right out of Goldsmith now and started representing and showing her in, at Enter. Uh, I try not to do it. <laughs> I get a little nervous about it. I, 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 I like, I've said, you know, it's not often I do this anymore. I want them to, uh, it's... Do you mean taking on such an early career? Yes, because, but I I keep doing it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably hard not to get excited by something so fresh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I follow my heart without every, uh, you know, when I I feel things before you open the door, you know, like if the artwork is going to be good or if the person is good. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, like that's it's all about instincts. Part of it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, probably what a lot of artists want to hear from curators and gallerists, mm. which probably isn't said enough, yeah, is how, from your opinion as a curator, 
can artists get themselves visible and get themselves discoverable by galleries? Because do you accept unsub- unsolicited email submissions? I look at everything, actually. Like I said, I, I'm since I'm coming from wanting to be a writer and this and that, uh, I know how it is to be on the other side. And you never know. It doesn't really, it rarely happens, though, that I take in anyone or yeah. unsolicited or... But I look. I think I always give it a chance. It takes one second. Are there um, any uh, examples of interesting or innovative ways you can think of that an artist has made themselves visible and you've yeah, seen it come and wow. visit the galleries come yeah. and say hi show that you know the program you know i think it's funny how you uh, a lot of people just send oops send things out but not engaged. it will t- yeah, not engaged at all yeah. i've taken in a lot of artists that become my friends and given them a chance because they keep coming and mm. and show interest you know yeah i think that's part of the problem is mm. artists are very eager to just send out thousands yeah. of emails they don't know whether or not they would even necessarily fit in your gallery no. um and those just are yeah. a waste of everyone's time and go to openings because you also meet other artists you also meet um you know the, some of the collectors that are coming i think it's very important to go and, and be part of the scene you know one week one evening a week or so you make a program for yourself to go and check out and mm-hmm. and and do all the galleries that are kind of like for you in your level yeah. you know because mm-hmm. you can go to all the david Sterners and everybody goes to that but it's gonna take you <laughs> 10 years yeah. or never to get in there but you can start with you should go to the galleries that can actually give you space yeah mm-hmm. and follow their program so potentially another question that is mm-hmm. often not really asked or spoken by enough how much of an artist's success is about um, networking. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of times artists um, create their work and hands it over and then they're finishing their job. <laughs> As I think some of the most successful artists though are involved in the business part as well. And, you know, try to get people to come to your show because that also shows to me that you're really involved, you know, like sending people. So there's continuous traffic to your show because you never know if one, if you manage to get one person to come, they can tell somebody else to come and so on. And it goes on. So I think, I think, you need, I think you need to have some sort of business sense uh, as well as your creativity. But otherwise we take care of everything, you know, like, whatever comes to the show and so on. But I just think some sort of personal enthusiasm while your show is on as well is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, in terms Mm. of kind of getting shows. Yeah, getting Getting shows, yeah. I think social media is really good uh, and you get a lot of hits and so on, but it doesn't mean that the person that gets the most hits are the ones that are successfully selling. Yeah. Because really selling comes from very individual contact like it's very personal right uh but i think it can help you get a name and so on to be good on social media like i wouldn't maybe have known about lydia blakely if it wasn't because she's pretty good at presenting herself so i've been following her for a whole year before we said let's do this so i think people and artists probably especially have this romantic notion of an artist working away in their studio and they get discovered somehow and then they're 
a superstar. Mm. I think we find that it's um, the artists who are great at marketing and sales and social media and business that actually yeah. do really well. Because absolutely, it's... I agree. You you need to be. It it's all in the end a very personal thing. You know, you're not gonna have the. Um, the sort of Castelli thing where you go in and and it's a smaller scene so you know get to hear about everybody now the, the scene is so huge that it takes a lot to be the one that is gonna stand out mm. and you have to stand out by also working on bringing uh, people in to see your work or to view your work in some way so I appreciate it very much when an artist is engaged, engaging in the more business part as well. Because it also probably shows they'll be um, easier to work with. I'm just sort of switched on generally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you have to look at how people are presenting themselves and it tells you a lot about the person. Mm-hmm. It's like anyone in any jobs right now, they would look up your Facebook account and see how you behave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a worrying thought, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> it's a worrying thought. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, this is a sort of question we ask quite a few times. Um, it's quite a sort of general question. It's quite nice. If if you had unlimited time, space, and money, what's the one project that you would love to do? Oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dream, like now, I have uh, last year I opened Berlin, and now I'm working hard on getting Million Place to one in. Um, London Bridge uh, up and running Uh, first we will use it as a main space and then move back to the old space and then go back again when we have rebuilt the building we'll just dealing with the Brexit time first Mm. (laughs) and then uh, what I want most is to open a hotel slash uh, residency and gallery space so um, somewhere warm I am I need nature (laughs) so I want to and I love working 24 hours so I want to have a view. <laughs> I want to sit and have communal tables, so friends and collectors and artists and whatever uh, can be they all together and get to know each other. Um, and uh, yeah, so the residence program will be one artist uh, per month coming in. So it's three artists and not too much drama, <laughs> always a bit changing. And then yeah. they work towards the solo show. Okay. And then I would like to have a residency chef. And um, so I'm having that in my plan because now I had the, with my museum show in Norway, Kubatana, about the African art, I had that in my business plan for two years before I found the right outlet yeah. and it happened. So I think that by writing it down over and over again, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to want to invest in this. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> What's interesting about this question is, because mm-hmm. we do ask it quite a bit, mm-hmm. is that... Um, all of, or the majority of the answers are very achievable. Yeah. Yeah. And they're nothing to do with sales or with mm. prestige. They're all no. to do with, I want to do something that kind of supports artists. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that nice? It's, yeah. yeah, it's great. Deep down, we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit uh, off piece now. but yeah. So there was an interesting article. Um, well, no, sorry. There was an interesting post by the arts editor of The Guardian recently. Did you see it? Where he basically said that... Um, if you are a curator of a show and mm-hmm. we cover the show, don't expect us to credit you. You're like the director of photography and you don't deserve a mention. Oh. How do you feel about that? I didn't read that article. It must have been a holiday. No. <laughs> but uh, that, that sounds... I think everyone needs to get the credit. 
everyone who's involved. It's not only me. I'm trying, like, for example, now with the Enter Art Fair, I'm sending my girls because I want them to to be seen in the limelight as well and get credit and people getting to know them. And I'm starting to get them to answer questions for journalists and so on. I think that to develop, you need to give everybody credit. And I think journalists need to for sure give credit to everyone involved. Mm. I, I believe like um, you don't do it alone, you know, you're doing it with the artists, you're doing it with the creators, you're doing, I create all my shows myself and done all hundreds or hundreds of what I've done now because I enjoy it so much and because I'm not really seeing myself so much as a creator, I'm seeing myself more as um, someone who's helping the artist put out their message the way they want to do. So why should I have somebody else come in and want to, want that to be changed? You have worked with other curators though, right? One curator. Oh, right. And that was recently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did you find that? The, and so my spaces I've never done, but the project space did. Robert, oh, he was, it was wonderful. Mm. Yeah, it was really, he really put in so much love and effort. I'm very pleased by working with him, actually. So it was a great experience. Yeah, do you think you'd do it again? Yeah, I think that, that yeah, I actually think I would. Because if I do... Um, you know, the hotel and other other spaces as well. It's, it's just so much that I can do alone. Yeah. And to be there all the time. I might not be able to be at every opening and so on. And I, I always travel to Berlin two days before to hang the exhibition. I might not be able to, to do that with everything. So you have to release uh, responsibilities and credits to other people. So. And also I think that uh, having an outside curator brings in... Uh, new artists to the program that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of. And I think that's a lot of fun as well. Mm. Is it uncomfortable giving away some, some of your power though? No, I, I actually don't think so. But I, I mean, it would depending on what kind of persons that you give away power to. Yeah. Do you know? Mm. If uh, I think that the ones around me are very grateful and think it's fun and, and, and give me credit back, you know what I mean? Like uh, respectful and so on. If somebody just are going to bulldoze through and not say, Christine, what do you think about this or whatever? Then it's no, we're not working together. It's then not it's not so fun. Then. No, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it feels like you want to grow, you've got to have to give, you have to delegate and you have to be able to give other people credit. You've got a really strong team that works with you. I, gallery, I right? love yeah. my team. Yeah. They're just so good hearted and kind and would do actually Every day they make me feel like I'm doing the good thing, you know, <laughs> like when we have hard times and people not paying and this and that, and they sit there and they just like 100% behind me. And if you had then other people sitting there like, you know, mischievous and in trying to put you down or whatever, which I've had, <laughs> yeah. then it's going to destroy your motivation so much. But to have people around you that are always, always there. And like think that you're going to go to the top and I want to be part of this team that's going to go to the top. Yeah. Then you just you go in and like, okay, I'm not going to disappoint them, right? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give them a quick shout out now? What are their names? Uh, yeah, Briefly. Hedvig Liestel. She's been director of the London Gallery for five years. And Eva Ostendorf, which is actually my sister. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, she's German. And she's uh, taking care of Berlin Gallery. She's a director there. And Elena Garcia, who's uh, Spanish, living in London, uh, who's sitting at the office right now, right. <laughs> at the well, gallery right you. now. Thank you to those guys. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
So they are very little team. And when people come yeah. in and say like, you know, museum show and all this art fair, like I'm creating 17 shows a year for the two galleries, plus five art fairs. And plus that this year we did the museum show. Uh, plus 23 shows a year. Yeah. Wow. And we have three people and like we are like three people with me. So, you know, they're extremely efficient. We are really good. And I, they always go home at six mm-hmm. unless they really want to stay. <laughs> Which also like Hedvig is like, oh, no, I'm sitting at the gallery at eight o'clock on Saturday night. I'm working on sales. I'm like, OK, <laughs> it's not because I've asked to. Yeah. It's because they really want to do whatever it takes. Yeah. So, but I can hear all my, a lot of other galleries, people working to 1 a.m. and so on. Because they have to. Because they have to. But also I'm not, like, I feel like, we, and we deal with a lot of import and export, and we don't even, we do deal with all that ourselves. Because we, we, we have to save money, we have to, uh, you know, find out shipping opportunities and do all that. Um, and we have, so I think, like, we're managing to to have the whole program ready for a year in advance. And we're like just this little team. That's great. Yeah. I mean, we're a small team too. Yeah. It's nice to know that um, it you works. can scale up and yeah. it's still working. Yeah. So talking about collaboration, because this is mm-hmm. something we talk about a lot. Do you think there's enough collaboration between galleries that would maybe be thought of as being competitors? Do you think the art world is competitive? I think the art world is Absolutely very competitive, but I, I feel like in London, I, I feel we are a little bit behind each other. I do feel like we want each other good. It's a hard market and I never felt like anyone, uh, you know, like I, like I wouldn't take an artist from another gallery, my level. Like, you know, I think unless the artist, we've been working on a lot of projects or something, I think you have quite strong ethics here. Um, so far, as I can That's see, nice but maybe people haven't seen me as a competitor in one sort of time, so I just can operate on my own little uh, platform there, sort of uh, secretly growing in a way. <laughs> so, but um, but I, I feel like I've got gotten a lot of like um, friendships, like for example, Vigo Gallery with Toby. We are like I having dinners together when we travel, or, you know, and talk to each other about you know hints and hits and misses and what we should do and mm. so I think uh, I find I find that uh, London really want each other well that's nice yeah I'd be really sad when somebody else has to close down because we don't know can you know the pain <laughs> that comes in <laughs> yeah. because most of the galleries if you don't have a huge funding you know you you go down with it so but what I realize is a lot of the galleries do have a lot of personal money, which I don't have. <laughs> yeah, we don't either. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then you just have to give all, your, all you got yeah. to make it happen. So what is the one piece of advice that you would give a curator who's just starting out today? Work with people like you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know us that well yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, start up with a pop-up kind of spaces and so on mm-hmm. uh, to show that uh, and grow a huge friendship with artists that you believe in. Like go out and meet and go to the studios and um, and grow like a group of like 12, 15 artists that you really believe in and then if you manage to build these artists up, you're going to be visible as well as being part of that museum. If you could change one thing about the art world, what would that be? Hmm, let's see. Uh, I think the cost of art fairs and the risk uh, 
is really high for us galleries. Uh, I think we have to do it. And I think that maybe, <laughs> I mean, this is a bit tricky, but maybe the galleries are taking too little fee from the artist right now compared to all right. the costs that we so have. So you'd see like maybe 60% or something. Yeah, because 50-50, yeah. when we take care of all these extreme high bills, it's like if I do, I'm doing 154 now, right? So the cost is 19,000 plus the shipping, plus this now bringing everything, African art in, uh, stretching, and the shipping company charges 1,500 just inside London because it's specific in Somerset. So then you have to think that at least it's going to cost me 26,000. That means I will have to sell for 52,000. Yeah, to break even. To even pay for my costs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that means not, none of the people who work for me or, you know, any other costs are covered, yeah. right? Only the physical. So if you then have an outfit that is not going well, you're 52,000 down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because you still have to pay the artist. So I think that uh, sometimes the money part doesn't work when you're not selling things that are... 40 to 100,000 and you're still growing careers. Well, do you think this might this might kind of be a, a reason why, like we were talking about earlier, mm. that um, a lot of galleries don't um, discover exciting artists and then nurture their career. Yeah. Rather, they essentially poach them from other galleries when they know they have a proven sales track record and they can, can command higher prices. Absolutely, yeah. because really it's not affordable to bring up careers. And I don't know how to stop doing hundred. it yeah. <laughs> because, you know, uh, you see great talents and I know they can have a great future, so I have to do it. But um, it's affordable. It's not. No. It's, uh, but hopefully everyone, most of my artists stay with me the whole time. So uh, and we have a really good relationship. Um, it, my gallery is like a family uh, my artists become friends with each other and are there for each other. Um, and by by creating this tight place where people feel really comfortable and can dare to go to those secret spots where you are really true to yourself in your art, I think, and by also by growing and building and having new space and being more central and this, that, you do things a step by step that is going to make people stay with you when you, they are growing too, you know, and they are actually getting the prices that can cover our costs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so hopefully that's what's going to happen. Great. We will get back. Some of the younger galleries will get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank, thank you, you very much. Yeah. <laughs>